Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the cast that drips blood. This is Dead Eye Dave, and joining with me today is Maniac Mike, Catastrophe Caleb, and Jigsaw Jody. How are y'all doing today? Starting with you, Maniac Mike. Doing pretty well. Excellent. Caleb, how are you? I'm doing all right. Excellent. You sound you sound thrilled. <laughs> and Jigsaw Jody, this is your birthday podcast. So how are you doing? Pretty good. Had a pretty good birthday. Excellent. Lots of fun stuff. Are you going to introduce the topic that we're going to be talking about after we get to what we've been watching? Sure. All right. Sounds good. Let's hear it. I'm sorry. Did you say after we do what we've been watching? <laughs> no. So, so we'll be talking about favorite Halloween movies that aren't obvious picks from the uh, big name franchises. Those are the movies that uh, Jigsaw Jody has chosen to discuss for the birthday party uh, podcast topic. But before we get into that, Maniac Mike, what have you been watching? Um, I've watched a few things this week. Uh, first off, I'll start off on Amazon Prime. Uh, I caught up with the Wheel of Time miniseries that they've been dropping every week. And overall, it's been fine. Um, uh, much like they tend to do, they, for whatever reason, make massive changes to stories when they're not needed. Um and you know this story started years and years ago there's I think 13 or 14 books in this series now so there's plenty of story that they can adapt Um, so I I don't understand some of the changes they're making much like a lot of other stuff but I'm sure they have their reasons Um, and I wish them the best because overall uh, I think there's five or six episodes released and like I said so far it's been fine I'm going to keep watching Uh, I'm interested in the characters um they are pulling in some things that I didn't think they would pull in out of the main story. And uh, so far, there's been a good mix of action, world building, uh, obviously magic use. Um, so if you're a fan of the books, uh, I think you'll you'll like the series just fine. And uh, if you're like if you like swords and uh, sorcery, action, adventure, um, TV shows and movies, I think you'll like this as well. Um so Wheel of Time, check it out so far. It's been it's been okay. Uh, and then I'll shift over to films, and I watched the uh, the documentary Hail to the Deadites, which is a fan documentary about um, the Evil Dead series, and it's made by fans, and they they managed to get a lot of interviews with actors from the series. Uh, you know, 
uh, Bruce Campbell is included, along with just a multitude of side characters and, and small bit part actors. And they pretty much travel around all these different conventions and they interview them and then they interview fans of the series and they get their thoughts and why they like the series. And they get into the, some of the hardcore fans that collect just everything for the Evil Dead series. And honestly, it's pretty fun. Uh, there is some pretty heartwarming moments in, in the documentary, and I wasn't kind of expecting that, but uh, it's really good. It's on Shutter right now, so uh, check that out. And then yesterday, to kind of get in the Christmas uh, mood, I uh, pulled a movie off my shelf that I've been meaning to watch for a few years now, and that's a Christmas horror story. And uh, this is an anthology uh, that tells some stories. You know, you get one about a changeling. Uh, you get one about, uh, you know, disrespecting kind of Krampus and Christmas, and that one's pretty good. Um, and then you also get a, a zombie elf story with uh, Santa Claus just absolutely slaying zombie elves, and that's awesome to see. And it kind of culminates in uh, a massive standoff with uh, Krampus and and uh, Santa Claus. I had a lot of fun with this movie. Uh, I know the ending is a little bit um, hit or miss on some people. I didn't mind it. And um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, it gets some hate online and some in some reviews, and I just don't see it. Uh, I give a Christmas Horror Story an 8 out of 10 simply on its fun factor. There's a, a lot of fun to be had. Um, and some of the stories are better than others. I, I really didn't care for the one with the kids trapped in the, the basement of the school. Uh, that one was uh, really kind of a take it or leave it, and I'll leave that one. Uh, but the others uh, I had a good time with. So I, I recommend a Christmas Horror Story, especially to horror fans. Uh, that's an 8 out of 10. <coughs> and then... Last night, I watched a movie called Death Valley, and that's a new release on Shudder. And um, I wasn't expecting much. Uh, it's a super low-budget Doom clone or Resident Evil clone. But I would probably watch this one again, especially over Doom. Um, and even over some of the, the Resident Evil movies. This is super low-budget, but they use the budget well. Uh, the, the creature design in it is pretty cool. Uh, the story works. I think they try to do too much with it, but it still works out. And uh, overall, I had a good time. It's a 6 out of 10. I, I recommend it for like action movie fans or if you're a fan of the Resident Evil series, you need to check this out. Um, it's a good time. So Death Valley, 6 out of 10. It's on Shutter. Check it out. And that's what I've been watching. All right. Awesome. Uh, Caleb, what have you been watching? I ended up watching kind of some older films. I uh, started mostly all of them, actually all of them on uh, HBO Max. Uh, I watched M, uh, 1931, just out of um, the silent era, a uh, German film about, a, oddly enough, a child murder uh just kind of bold to, to make a film that early and about a child murderer, uh, even so far as trying to make you sympathetic for that character. Um, uh, anyone who watches like older films, kind of like this or Casablanca will know who like Peter Lore is. Uh, but he plays the, the 
main character uh, Hans uh, Beckert. Uh, the whole the whole film kind of just leads up to the inevitable kind of capture of this character. So you're you're it's the first real I'm trying to think of the terminology for it. Kind of like crime investigation film. Uh, but it was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, there's very little use of sound, um, which for the time kind of made sense. Uh, except some really creepy whistling that kind of gives him away. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic film. One of the, I, th- I believe it's a criterion film as well. Yeah, so, uh, definitely recommend. I gave it, uh, uh, perfect score. Uh, afterwards, another Peter Lore film, uh, The Man Who Knew Too Much, the first edition of Man, The Man Who Knew Too Much, uh, directed by uh, Alfred Hitchcock, um, about a couple who, during a uh, ski resort kind of vacation, uh, get involved in an assassination attempt. Uh, Their daughter is kidnapped and the movie is pretty much the story of them trying to get her back. Peter Lorre is in this edition as well. I I know that Hitchcock decided to remake the film later in life. Uh, I think with Jimmy Stewart, if that's correct. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart to some, Uh, but Definitely a definitely good. It wasn't great. I want to compare it to the 1958 version just to see how it holds up. Um, and then ended up watching uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, definitely see what all the hype is about. I definitely did not expect some of the the murders that happened in the film to occur. I think I think y'all know which one I'm specifically talking about. Uh, but I mean, it's a mix of everything that makes a really fun action film, uh, kind of like a crazy blood gang, a good bad guy criminal, uh, with a badass cop. And then like, it's some pretty insane stuff. It kept, it, it keeps you like excited the entire time. Uh, definitely recommend. I gave that, uh, four out of five stars. But I think that that's all I've been watching. All of that's on HBO Max. Awesome. Yeah, definitely sounds like a good list of films, no doubt. Um, Jody, what have you been watching? All right. Hey, sorry about that confusion a minute ago. I thought you meant you wanted me to present it after we do this part. <laughs> so, uh, sorry about that. I will start this week with... Uh, uh, we went to the theater. We had. We didn't know until we got all the way up to the counter. Uh, whether or not we were going to go to Encanto or House of Gucci. <laughs> and I think we made the right choice. I You got to go with Lady Gaga every time. No, I'm just kidding. We went to Encanto. And it was absolutely lovely. And I am so stoked that Disney has made three really awesome animated films. They're Disney Pixar. Uh, Luca is my favorite of the three by leaps and bounds for obvious reasons. That movie was made pretty much directly for me. Uh, but uh, then on Shutter, I watched a movie called Slacks. 
and I had all kinds of uh, fun, but also kind of PTSD flashbacks. So back when I worked for a clothing retailer called Stephen Berry's, and we got in one year's period of time uh, a clothing line for Sarah Jessica Parker and a clothing line for Amanda Bynes and a clothing clothing line for Venus Williams. So we had to, it was always like we had to have those sections looking perfectly and like s- submitting pictures to the corporate office. And then like certain stores got picked for their visits and different things like that. And everything was a buzz and everybody was stressed out. So I kind of like enjoyed the vibe of that movie. Uh, if you don't know, it's about killer, um, killer pants, uh, killer jeans. And as silly as it sounds, I was like, how, how this is kind of nonsense, but I've, uh, it's actually really good commentary. Uh, it's cause it's commentary on like, like the sweatshop and slave trade. Um, the literal blood of a sweatshop worker got into the batch of the, of the jeans that are being made into the cotton. So like the, all the like pants come to life for revenge and it's, it's creative and fun and funny. And it's not too, you would think, okay, so this is going to be one of those really ridiculous movies. It, I, and to, to some degree it is, but it doesn't abuse it. It doesn't like take it like way ridiculous over the top. Like, you know, like a trauma film or something like that, or an asylum picture that, you know, the plot can definitely sound like one of those, but it's actually pretty intelligent. So I highly recommend slacks on shutter. Uh, we watched a boy called Christmas on Netflix and it's adorable. Uh, it's about, well, a little, little boy who becomes Santa Claus. So, I mean, it's, it's obvious, you know, as with any Christmas movie, it's obvious what it is. So, uh, you can know if you're going to be interested in watching that or not, (laughs) or just move right on past, which probably most folks do. Um, I finally got around to the conclusion of Batman, the long Halloween. I watched part two of that. I, if you're a Batman fan, especially the comics or the animated shows, it's, you're going to really like these two. Um, for me personally, like I, I, I still say they're good. They have, they're, they're well-made and interesting and well voice acted and things like that. But I'm more interested in like the supervillains aspect of Batman, the, the, you know, the scarecrow, the Joker, penguin, all that stuff. I'm more into that part of it. And I've always been less interested in like the like mafia, the Falcons and all that stuff, like all the mafia side of Gotham. And these are very mafia themed, uh, as opposed to more like monsters and ghouls and looks and, and things like that. There is some of that, but, um, uh, so yeah, if you're, if you're a Batman animated fan, you should probably check those out. They're on HBO max. Um, I started watching the Spider-Man movies again to get ready for Thursday. Uh, the first Tobey Maguire. I'm watching them like one 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 two 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 etc. So I started with Tobey number one, and that help holds up just as much as it did a long time ago. Um, it's very like the contrast of like what comic book look, movies look like now. Even like the the uh, uh, Tom Holland Spider Man don't look like like these still have like Sam Raimi's flair on, it. and I know especially two two takes it up a notch. But um, there's a lot of Sam Raimi-ness in it, and, and I dig that a lot, too. Um, and then, of course, you know, Nickelback on the soundtrack. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, you, you, that's what you're going to get with the 2002 Spider-Man. And then I jumped ahead a decade to watch Andrew Garfield number one. And I got to say, I, I bumped my score up on this one. And I think I know what the problem was initially for me. I, I never really connected with these Andrew Garfield ones, but... This, this one especially because it came out a, like a month after the Avengers. 
And I was so hyped. And then, and also like, and it was before like the dark Knight rises, like Christopher Nolan. So it's just kind of like came out in a period. It's like, okay, like th- this is, this feels like an X-Men movie, which is a good thing, or it feels like a fantastic four movie. Um, those kind of sensibilities it, with the exception of the soundtrack. The soundtrack is awesome in this movie. I highly recommend the amazing Spider-Man one soundtrack. Um, Andrew Garfield compared to Toby, like watching them back to back. I think that I like Toby better, um, but I'll make a final decision. I mean, Tom's my favorite, obviously, but between the other two, I think I like Toby better, but I'm going to be discovering that throughout the week and and kind of like I'm ranking, (laughs) I'm ranking the movies. I'm ranking the soundtracks. I'm ranking the villains. I'm doing my rankings thing, which I like to do. So, um, ranking the Aunt Mays and et cetera. So, um, I'm just happy. I, we only, have, I only had to see uncle Ben die twice and that's out of the way. So I don't have to deal with, <laughs> I don't have to deal with that great power and responsibility. No, I don't have to deal with that anymore. That's all done. Um, I had a recommendation. It's been on my list cause it was one of the Netflix and chills movies, but I wasn't impressed by the poster and I just got overwhelmed as everybody knows in October with my daughter's wedding and my dad's hospitalization. So I didn't get to the Netflix and Chills movies except for Nightbooks. Um, but there's one called There's Someone Inside Your House. And uh, my buddy that came over and hung out with me for my birthday yesterday said, oh, you've got to watch this. He was real excited to, to show it to me. He couldn't believe I hadn't seen it. Uh, it's, a, it's a whodunit mass slasher, which is my favorite, which almost was the topic for today rather than Halloween <laughs> movies. But then I was like, I don't want to make you guys try to all like rewatch or if you haven't watched them yesterday, like the urban legend movies that I know you did last summer movies, Valentine, Cherry Falls and the Scream movies. And I know we're doing a Scream show anyway. So Cherry I decided, Falls, there we go. I like that one. Yeah. So I wasn't, I decided not to do that topic. Um, then I was going to, and if I had no, I almost did it this one even more so than the other one. Um, horror movies based on young adult books. And that would have been uh, like night books, um, the Fear Street stuff, the this movie because I had no idea this this what this was even about or that it was based on a, a young adult horror horror book. Um, but just like ho- like horror movies based on young adult books, I may propose that topic a little bit later in 2022 when Mike Flanagan's. Uh, Midnight Show, or no, I'm sorry, Midnight Club Show comes out on Netflix, which is based on Christopher Pike books. So, which I'm all, like, I'm as much excited for that, if not more so than the Fear Street. And y'all know how hyped I was for that. Oh, man. So imagine like the Fear Street stuff being directed, but being directed by Mike Flanagan. So that's, that's coming in 2022. So I'm definitely going to be getting, uh, getting hyped up on, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I know what you did last summer. The first one was based on one of those as well. Um, that was written by a author called Lois Duncan, but her daughter actually was murdered like after sometime after she had wrote that book. So she hates those movies. Um, I mean, I mean, not because like, I know, I know you guys aren't fans, but, um, not for that reason, but just for like, she said it was just too traumatizing, like seeing these murders from her book and then her daughter was murdered and it was was the whole thing. So, um, but anyways, yeah, young adult 101 that can come later. Sorry, I digressed. (laughs) <laughs> Last thing I watched was you're gonna love this day, Sandra Bullock, uh, The Unforgivable, Netflix. Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten. It, it's not bad. It's really not bad. Like Vincent D'Onofrio was really good. To it. Viola Davis is good in it. 
you're going to say, why are all these people in this like average movie? Why are all these awesome performances in this very average movie? That's fair. Yeah, For, I think I'll pass. yeah. Most like the average score is six out of ten on on Letterboxd, and it's going to so. get no Oscar love, probably, right? Pro- pro- probably not. So yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, would I'm say pass. Yeah, yeah, that's I, that's the only way I'd watch this thing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, not with Jessica Chastain, and I guess, and I still haven't seen it. Or and Nicole Kidman, like those two are locked. So like, pretty much the other three are going to come from like Tessa Thompson, Olivia Coleman. Yeah, I don't think Sandra Bullock's getting this one. So, uh, that is it for me. That was the last thing I watched was there's someone inside your, or no, actually we watched unforgivable after that. So that's it for me. All right. Yeah. Definitely watched a good couple of films. I believe I talked a little bit about Encanto last week. Um, but I do totally recommend, uh, watching that. That's a great film. Uh, one that really does need to be seen. I watched a, um, movie again, which I, I hadn't reviewed here. Um, getting in the Christmas episode spirit, a movie I was recommended um, years ago by Steve-O to watch that I would love, um, A Tale of Two Sisters. Decided to show Maddie that movie, uh, which is just an amazing uh, film. I do still love it. Um, watched it again. Really, really enjoy the crap out of this film. It's just a really well-made movie. Watched a little horror anthology called German Angst. Um, most notably has Jörg Bootgerite who did, um, you know, Dirt Todesking and then the Necromantic films, um, who did a short in this one. Uh, it was interesting, but not terribly good. Um, not real extreme at all, um, but it was just kind of a, a strange little anthology. Not really one worth going out of your way for, uh, but at least it's interesting. Watch uh, Olaf Ittenbach's No Reason, uh, the director of Burning Moon. Uh, so this is another one of his movies. It probably is most ambitious yet, um, dealing with themes of drug addiction and other things, but then also going Lovecraftian with this movie. Yeah, he definitely went all out for this one. Um, so, But it, it's a fun one. It's just very strange and out there. Um, if you haven't seen his movie Start With the Burning Moon, I would not start with this one, uh, but it is interesting to watch anyway. Then I watched uh, Jeremy Solonier's uh, murder party um i believe am, am i correct on that that's who directed that um yeah it is yeah, um, yeah i think so Blue ruin and green room and uh, but either way uh murder party is actually a really fun movie i don't know if y'all have seen this yet uh, it was his directorial debut um pretty pretty good stuff to say the least um it just works out really well it's funny this guy gets captured and uh, taken to a murder party, literally. So he's tied up and you've got a bunch of artists who are trying to murder this guy, basically. And they're terrible at it. They're just horrible. Uh, but then it has commentary about like the art scene and a lot of those types of things in here. So it makes for a really interesting film. Watch Door One of the Five Doors to Hell. Um, this is a shot on video spoof movie, basically, uh, from SRS Cinema. It was fun. Um, very very inconsistent it wasn't perfect by any means but i did enjoy a lot of this movie um but uh, not something to watch if you're not already a shot on video fan this probably will not uh, change your mind i then watched 8213 gacy house <laughs> and uh the people in here are well aware <laughs> of uh, of it i've talked i've talked to each of them about 8213 Gacy House. Um, it's not good um, at all. It's an asylum feature. 
Uh, thanks to Caleb for shouting out the fact that this is part of the Paranormal Entity series. I, I had no idea. Um, and this is the second one. Uh, this one features, of course, John Wayne Gacy, where a group of paranormal investigators are uh, tasked with searching for John Wayne Gacy. I guess the tagline says the synopsis best itself, with one of the worst taglines of all time. In 2004, paranormal researchers were tasked with finding the ghost of John Wayne Gacy. Dot, dot, dot. They did. <laughs> So, so, uh, yep, it's, it's, uh, there it's a film. And then I watched a movie called severed, uh, which looks to be a straight to DVD early two thousands film, which y'all know that I, uh, I love those. I'm just kidding. I actually hate them for the most part. Um, this one really wasn't much. Um, it, it was fine. Nothing just horrible. Um, definitely some disposable entertainment. There were some good ideas. Uh, it's one of those types of movies where you could see the talent, it's just there probably wasn't a whole lot of money or resources fed into this. So I think the director probably has some better movies out there, maybe if you got a bigger budget uh, to work with. So definitely interesting. I watched a movie, um, the first part of the uh, Lindsay Baker uh, set from Severin Video um, called Paranoia. Uh, so it's directed by, of course, Umberto Lindsay, um, starring Carol Baker. Uh, very interesting movie. Um, definitely not... Um, for the people that um, don't like hard R Jallos, which you know what that includes, because um, they're fairly similar in, <laughs> in that sort of way. Um, but uh, it's got a great story, some phenomenal performances, and uh, wonderful visual style. Umberto Lindsay brings out all the stops. I love this late 60s into early 70s look of these Jallo movies. They look wonderful. Um, just great costuming, good sets, um, all that stuff uh, just that I love. So uh, definitely check out Paranoia if you haven't already. Uh, number 12, I watched uh, Death Valley. I watched that as well, Mike. Um, I did like it quite a bit. I think I actually gave this one a 7. Uh, highly recommended for me. And, um, you know, I, I agree with you. It's a bit ambitious. Probably could have used being a bit more straightforward. Um, but it was what it was. And then I watched... Um, the new Severin release uh, starring Barbara Steele called An Angel for Satan. This is a great movie. Uh, it's from the black and white era, late, um, 1966 film. So definitely not going to be your typical horror film you might be used to us talking about here. Definitely early era, very content light. Um, but an interesting movie, though. Basically, a statue is recovered, and um, that statue begins to... Um, worry the townspeople um, where they're thinking that this may be causing different crimes and um, and people to change around them. So uh, Barbara Steele is influenced by this statue to eventually turn the uh, the people of the town against her uh, or against them, basically. So it creates this uh, really cool dynamic and uh, drama, but also a lot of horror involved. And Barbara Steele, of course, is phenomenal. She's a, a well-regarded uh, actress playing in stuff like Black Sunday, um, Pit in the Pendulum, a lot of, a lot of really good films. Uh, so definitely worth checking that one out. And then I finished it off with watching Lamb. I finally got around to this one. And uh, Jody, you've seen this one, haven't you? I sure have. It's uh, You've probably been waiting for me to see it and to know what I think. Um, yep. I liked it. 
I didn't love it. I wish I did. Um, there, I like a lot of what this is going for. I think there, I think I'm gonna like it more probably upon a rewatch. But um, I love how delightfully off the rails this thing's willing to get. It's a very unconventional story of a conventional story, if that makes any sense. That eventually turns unconventional. Um, yeah, it's something. It's it's a beautiful movie though. One of the best shot movies of the year. Um, you know, of course the uh, the titular lamb is very cute. Um, I like it when they dress it up in clothes. <laughs> it's, it's very cute then. Um, and then there's a scene later on that's not so cute and. <laughs> And then, uh, I don't know, it's just a weird movie. It's not a horror film, so the trailer makes it seem like it may be. Um, so don't go into this expecting a horror film. Just expect some bordering on avant-garde uh, drama thriller stuff here. It, it's very weird. Uh, but I think I think the story suffers a little bit. I think its narrative just isn't very strong. I think that's intentional, um, but it just doesn't really get a feel for itself. Um, as it gets moving, I don't think. Um, uh, do you kind of agree with that, Jody? I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I would say it was the number one most hostile audience I've had of the year. Really? Yeah. I'm very curious what they expected out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like people, people just need to start doing research before a movie they, they pay their money to. I really don't yeah. get it. All you need to see is IMDb. Numi Rapaz, and that's all you really need to know. You know what you're getting into at that point, right? Like, or you should. Um, but I don't. I don't get it. People do the same thing. It's like I know it's gonna be like that, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do some baseline research and don't blame us for you not doing any research before you go see a movie. It takes two seconds to search for it on Google and to see what it's about. When I went to see Titan, my audience was about three quarters full and I expected a hostile audience, but people were just too busy, like laughing and be like, not even a mocking way, like the incredulous laughter or uncomfortable laughter or like what, what is happening on screen right now? Kind of laughter. So like, that was a good experience, but lamb, like people went, we, people went, guy, the guy in the bathroom was like, I bet that gets, I bet that won like every award at Cannes Film Festival. I'm yeah, like, it probably did. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of slam is that, dude? What kind, yeah, right. <laughs> what kind of Neanderthal tactics are we using? <laughs> he, he was pissed. And then, and then another person, like, cause the, it was the, the screen closest to the ticket tear. He's like, Hey, one guy was like, Hey, do a lot of people ask for refunds for this movie? And I'm like, and she, and then she's like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe the reaction to it. Oh, awesome. dude, it was yeah that and the Green Knight. The Green Knight, I can I can see the Green Knight because that movie had a lot more promotion. And I think Lamb yeah. did too. Titan, I think what what that is and why that that audience was so good is that had no hype going into it other than like art house hype. So yeah. really, the only people that knew about that is probably the art house film community. So they they probably flocked to go see it. <laughs> so so that's probably the only reason that crowd was real good. They're probably, I don't know. It's weird. A24 is weird, but it, it, it's cool. <laughs> so either way, uh, that is, in fact, what I've been watching. And uh, after we get back from this short break, we are going to talk about 
our favorite Halloween movies that aren't obvious, as in not in the mainstream franchises for Halloween. So we'll be right back. Welcome. Sorry about that. We're welcome back. And we're going to be talking about our favorite Halloween movies that aren't obvious. Um, so not from the major franchises, which will be definitely a good time. So we're going to get right into those. I think Maniac Mike, yours is up first. Uh, what is your choice? Uh, my choice is WNUF Halloween Special. Uh, and WNUF is essentially an 80s time capsule uh, spoof movie. And it's essentially about a like a small town news station uh, putting on a Halloween special on Halloween night. And they're sending in a news crew with like a, a Catholic priest. And they're going to go investigate this you know, local town haunted house where some deaths took place and they're going to perform an exorcism and this and that. And at least for the first half, that story kind of takes a backseat because this is filmed or this is shot and made just like a real news uh, station where they talk about other news that's happening in the town. And then they also cut to commercial and some of the commercials are awesome. Uh, you, you get one of them about a, uh, the, the breakfast cl uh, special at the local strip club, um, you know, and that one's hilarious. And then you also get some uh, some commercials for like local businesses. Uh, there's a video store commercial and amongst many others. And uh, it really lends to kind of the that older 80s and even into the 90s vibe that they're really going for here. Um, the film grain that they put on top of it is annoying. I'm not even going to. Not even going to lie about that. Um, and then the back half of the movie is kind of picking up them doing this investigation into this haunted house. And they bring in some paranormal experts, some um, some psychics to kind of read the home. And they got a Catholic priest in there. And I uh, won't about that Catholic priest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I won't spoil kind of where it goes, uh, but it kind of turns into your your haunted house investigation affair. Um, and it's really funny. It, it is a spoof movie, a mockumentary, um, and it's really good. It's really well done. Uh, they, they fit in a lot of little details to kind of really make it fit in its time period. Um, and I give WNUF Halloween special an eight out of 10. Um, it is definitely worth a watch. I'm pretty sure it's still on shutter. And also one of the companies that Vinegar Syndrome works with has put out a Blu-ray uh, and I've watched it and it's really, really nice. Um, I will say that there's a, a WNUF Halloween sequel listed uh, and I it says it's from 2013, but I've never seen it, never heard of it. And I'm going to try to seek that out because I, I found that. Oh, it's it's still in production. Yeah, yeah, they're making it. Um, I I don't know why it says it's 2013. The dates of some of these movies they put out are pretty strange. But uh, yeah, the the director said they're working on a sequel. Um, currently, actually, uh, especially cool. with the newfound uh, newfound hype and everything uh, for the movie, because it this came out a while ago, and then Shutter released it, and it really never saw much light of day uh, from horror fans. And then once they released it as an original. It gained a lot of hype pretty quick. And then once uh, Vinegar Syndrome pumped it out, it, it really put it over the top. Yeah, um, I found this movie because there's sometimes when like I'm bored and I just don't know what to watch. I'll turn on Shudder or Netflix or Hulu or something like that. And I'll go to a category 
and I'll look for the first movie I've never heard of. And that's how I found WNUF. Um, and it was a banger. I loved it. It's an eight out of 10. Uh, go watch it. It's a, like I said, it's a mockumentary spoof found footage haunted house movie, uh, shot in the vein of a news story on Halloween night. It's very good. Very funny. Check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I love WNUF. Has anyone else seen that from the group? I guess not. So, uh, either way, uh, Caleb, I do believe that you're going to be up next and, um, let us know what your choice of film is. Uh, I chose, uh, Hell House LLC uh, from 2015. Um, actually got to watch this with you, Dave. Um, didn't realize that there were two sequels when I, we first watched it. Um, but it, it covers, uh, uh, five individuals, uh, a traveling Halloween haunted house tour. Um, as they start like film themselves setting up, uh, at a very specific house. I'm not, entirely sure of the details um but little do they know that this house that they're filming in is is legitimately haunted um a lot of creepy imagery uh clown mannequins specifically i don't particularly care for clowns so that's cool um uh but they travel from New York City to the town of Abaddon in Rockland County, New York. Uh, and the whole film is just kind of like the decline of, uh, I won't say quality. <laughs> it actually gets scarier as time goes on. Um, there are some issues with it, I guess. Some of the effects do look cheap uh, at some points. Uh, some of the makeup and such but it just shows uh sort of the the events that led to the ultimate event of the night that they debuted this new haunted house um it's it's a very weird concept because it has them who recorded themselves making the haunted house and then the individuals who are recording a documentary about the individuals who recorded themselves <laughs> opening this haunted house. Um, I, apparently the sequels get into a little bit more of a, like a religious aspect, but, and I have not seen them, uh, but the first hell house LLC is very fun. Uh, definitely. Especially if you like found footage, um, mockumentary type of things uh it's definitely uh, definitely an interesting go-to all right yeah that was definitely a good time getting to watch that uh with you and showing you that film it it is one of my favorites uh no doubt uh so yeah jigsaw jody you're up next uh what is your choice for films here well everybody will probably assume that i was going to pick boys in the trees for this topic and wait you you didn't I have called an audible and I picked a different film. Really? Oh, wow. Because I have talked about that movie ad nauseum. We've talked, I've talked about that movie on why you haven't seen this yet. We've talked about it on my birthday show. I figure everybody's tired of hearing me talk about boys in the trees. So if, if, you, if you haven't seen it yet, you're probably not going to. So no point of harping on about it. So I wanted to go with a piece of nostalgia instead. 
and I'm choosing Lady in White from 1988. And this is a movie I saw pretty recently after it came out, but I probably saw it about 1990-ish. And it takes place in 1962 on Halloween and in a small town. A very small town looked very much like the small town in Michigan, south of Detroit, that I lived in called Monroe, Michigan. Um, I used to stay with my grandma there a lot. And we, you know, the... In this town, in the movie, there's the legend of the lady in white, you know, just the urban legend that, you know, the ghost story that all the kids tell each other. Um, We had Dog Lady Island in Monroe where we had this uh, supposedly this island on a nearby lake because we're right on Lake Erie. Little, 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 I don't know what you call it, like a tributary or like a smaller lake off of Lake Erie. There's this island in the middle of it and everybody calls it Dog Lady Island. And supposedly the ghost of a dog lady haunts that with all the ghosts of her dogs. But, um, so this kind of thing where everybody dares to go out to dog lady. Island. so same kind of deal. Everybody's dare. The kids all dare each other to like go up to lady in white and all that stuff, but it takes place on Halloween and it just, the, the atmosphere of Halloween felt very much like home to me. And I have always kind of contributed to this as one of the best looking kind of like Halloween small town kind of feels to it. Um, he, uh, the main character is Lucas Haas. Uh, he was a child actor in the 80s. I'm sure you've seen him in other stuff. And if you were an emo kid in the 2000s, you'll recognize him from the number one emo anthem of all time, Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. He leads the Black Parade in the music video. So if you've seen that music video, you've seen the kid from this movie, but you probably saw him in other 80s movies as well. And he is bullied, uh, which is another topic that's uh, near and dear to me. Um, he gets shoved and locked in a coat room overnight. And during which he encounters the ghost of a little girl who was murdered. So now uh, he's trying to kind of figure out who murdered this little girl. And uh, and then a mystery, like a small town murder mystery unfolds over Halloween. So uh, that was my pick. It's a great starter horror film. It's rated PG-13. It was kind of a box office bomb, but it's since gathered kind of like a cult following. And... A lot of people are like, oh, I remember. Like, like it's one of those movies that you forget about, and then you see it, or someone brings it up, like, oh, I saw that, I remember that. Um, it's just a great time. I really liked it. Uh, I still like it to this day. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend Lady in White from. I really need to check this out. I uh, I have never seen it. It is apparently on HBO Max. Yes. Um, so that's uh, definitely cool. So I'll give this one a watch. I've actually never seen it. So, yeah, same here. It uh, it sounds really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. That's a great recommendation. Thank you for that, Jody. If you can picture the kids on the trick-or-treat bus, like the kind of costumes they're wearing, those are kind of the costumes they have in this movie. Oh, you're kidding. Now mm-hmm. I'm def- definitely yeah. down. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, um, all right. Thank you for that, Jody. And, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and get into my. And uh, that would be the movie Candy Corn. Uh, which is a very interesting film directed by Josh Hasty, um, and it has a couple of cool cameos. It's got PJ Souls and Tony Todd, um, and a couple of notable uh, actors, Courtney Gaines, as well as Poncho Miller. A um, couple, a couple of big name stars in it, and um, it's a really cool movie. Basically, a group of bullies um, end up hazing a uh, kid in town that they don't like named Jacob. And um, eventually he's unfortunately killed. 
in this uh, in this teasing, which causes um, the person of the town that that kind of that kind of uh, played by Poncho Miller as Doctor Death, who works at the uh, local circus, um, who takes him in, creates a spell, and revives him. And as you watch in horror films, anytime someone is revived. It's a problem. <laughs> so either way, um, it eventually becomes a pretty straightforward horror slasher flick. Um, this one didn't get a whole lot of love when it came out. It was one of those movies that, that really got a lot of hype at like uh, indie festivals and then kind of died off um, where a lot of people just for whatever reason ended up not liking it. Um, but uh, I did. Uh, I do not understand really why there was much hate for this. Uh, it's got a lot of really good kills. Some of them a little too off screen. Uh, but I like the story and the core concept. Um, it, it has a great ho uh, Halloween vibe that really that really brings it to town. So uh, that's definitely my pick. And I, I do know that some of the other ones in the group have seen this one. Is there any additional thoughts to Candy Corn? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I want, I've seen this as well, and I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, and if I've, I remember right, this was one of the first outings from the director and some of his crew and uh, or one of the first. And you can tell that they loved what they were doing. And like, there's a, a a lot of feeling was put into this movie and a lot of heart. And uh, I, I got to respect it. And also, I liked uh, how they use candy corn in the movie on the kills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's just something that stuck with me. And uh, it's pretty good. I liked it. Awesome. Definitely glad you did. Um, it, it's a it's a really strong film, to say the least. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you all liked it. And I think Jigsaw Jody, you, you had some comments about it as well. Yeah, it played at a horror hound convention the night. Like we went on Saturday. They had the big screening on Friday night, though. Uh, but on Saturday, we're there. We went to PGA Souls table and I was getting their autograph and picture and things like that. And I had. Uh, the twins with me, they were 15 at the time. <laughs> and she asked if we had, were at the candy corn screening the night before. And I said, no, she's like, oh, too bad. It was wild. And it was a really, like, really good crowd and all that. So I was really excited. I bought it the first day it came out. I just blind, but I never blind buy movies almost ever. So I just like, you know what? I'm just going to buy this. So I was glad I did. Definitely glad I did. Um, at, at the same time when we were at the booth, when she asked, uh, the twins, if, if they've seen the, like, cause Halloween 2018 had come out and <laughs> she, she asked them if they seen like the old one too. And she's like, yeah, she went and said, did you see anything you like? I about, <laughs> I about died. I'm thinking Jesus PJ, they're 15. So. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that, like, she was just like so friendly and nice. So I had a really good experience with PJ soul. So, and like, it just, I always think of like her, when I think of candy corn because she was talking about the screening of that. So, Awesome. Yeah, that's that's really cool for sure. Uh, does anyone have any other closing thoughts, though, before we get into uh, get close out the show? Nope. All right, happy, 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 uh, happy Christmas, I guess. And then uh, happy birthday to me. And yeah, uh, we're now only about four months away from halfway, half to half Halloween, halfway to Halloween. Oh yeah, there so, we go. Uh, so so it's time to so time to get started warming up on Halloween stuff. That's kind of what we're oh yeah, <laughs> but also some counter programming to, to Christmas. Yeah. So. If, yeah, if we could, yeah, we could just throw in a few Christmas movies for the next like three weeks or so, and then it's it's back to Halloween. 
Just right. check out 8-Bit Christmas. Everybody will love that. Yeah, I think Oh, I'm it was so good. Too. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to watch that one as well. That's that's definitely high up on the list to watch. All right. Until next time, we will talk to you all later. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.